Hello and welcome to Discussing Documentaries with me, Matt Wills and Rick Wharton. Today's offering is American Murderer, The Family Next Door. It's from the year 2020. It's a Netflix documentary, so we've no idea of the money. This is day five after it was released. Uh, The director was Jenny Popplewell. Now, Rick, you're going to quite like this. She was once a casting producer for the TV show Alone Among the Grizzlies. Now, that's a TV series documentary about uh, some British guys who go and live with grizzly bears in the same place that Timothy Treadwell did. Maybe they're the ones that stacked the bricks to, to warn them. Maybe they are, and, right? And wrote, carved the whole word Timothy into a tree to... Uh... <laughs> they could have been the ones who brought about his destruction. So, And if you haven't heard that, if you're a new listener, check out our first ever episode, Grizzly Man. And if you listen to that, I assure you, you will not be eaten by a bear if you ever go and live in Alaska. But you will appreciate how good Matt Edderton has became within 30 episodes. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Rick. I doff my cap to your thanks. Thank you. Um, So, American Murderer, the accolades, there are none. It's just been released. And the blurb, using raw first-hand footage, this documentary examines the disappearance of Shannon Watts and her children, and the terrible events that followed. Now, this has got Rick, Rick's signature all over it, and it properly depressed me. It, genuinely, it was with me. I watched it on Friday afternoon. It was with me all weekend. It's Rick's choice, but it's also uh, our friend of the show, Amanda. She sent me a message. She asked us to to check this one out. So did a few other of my female friends and fans of the show. So, Rick, as always, my man, Lead us in. What what do you reckon to I, uh, I s- American Murderer, the family next door? I saw a trailer to this about three weeks ago and said, this is going straight to number one on the Netflix chart. Right. Without a doubt. The trailer, uh, it kind of hooked you in, but from watching it, I think you're going to have to stop rustling there, Matt, otherwise we're going to have a fucking problem. Ah, uh, sorry, <laughs> mate. I don't, know where, um... I don't know why it's doing that. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry. That's I, I was yeah, going right, for okay, jokerly the... annoyed, not like, okay, this is. <laughs> I've complimented your editing, you little shit. Now, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I've worked it out. Yeah, I know what it is. It's the microphone on my lead there. It rustles on my t shirt. <laughs> just your. The microphone for your headphones is actually scraping the floor. Um, mm. It is really long. So, what I will say about this documentary is. This is how you make a fucking documentary, all right? The time yes. that it takes, and there is not a moment wasted in it. So the documentary yes. actually spans four days, four days real time, and in that time, there is not... Yeah, oh my God, I didn't notice yeah, that. There is not meat left yes. on the bone for anything. This is going to be the documentary that sends a new generation of people to true crime because it doesn't take a week to get through the whole thing. Yeah. Jenny Popewell did an absolutely banging job of using everything at her disposal. Yes, she did. Yeah. It was incredibly well made. Now, it's all true what happens in this documentary, every single scrap of it, because it, you watch the whole thing through 
police body cam footage. There's something I want to see more of. The police body cam footage. It shows you in real time everything that happens. It's If they have a recorded phone call, you hear that phone call while watching yes. police body cam. So you feel in this search. So basically... Yeah. Uh, one morning by midday, Shannon, Ma- I want to say Shannon Matthews, that's the little young girl who disappeared. It's Watts, yeah. Shannon Watts. Yeah, Shannon Watts, yeah. So she gets a text at 8.55 a.m. asking, are you okay? By midday, for her not replying, the police have been called. Yes, and you're right there, and that's literally where the documentary starts from. Yeah. Messages, and, are you okay? Why haven't you responded? Da, da, da. Yeah. And and th- that was her friend who was texting her called Nicole Atkinson. And effectively, if this was written as a film, they couldn't have got the drama working as well as they did on this. Oh. You are, you are in, man. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on here? And- because effectively, she she disappears... Well, right now, at the point, there's just someone who's not answering the phone. But again, we have the title yeah. saying American Murder, the, the, the neighbor's next door yeah. or something. So we have a feeling yeah. that nothing's going well with Yes, yeah, something's, yeah, something's not right. So Nicole, her friend, turns up at the house. The old Bill turn up at the house. And they're outside going, I don't know what to do. Nicole's on the phone to her parents going, hey, have you heard from your daughter, Shanann? And they're like, no. And then then the husband turns up and it's all like, oh, my God, what is going on? And they go into the house and it's like, oh, my God, here's her phone. Here's her wedding ring. What is going on? And, you know, because of the title, you're like, well, something's going on. Yeah. and But no one else, no one else in that little circle does. Right? Well, here's the thing. If you plugged us into one of those situations, can you imagine... If the police got called every time I hadn't responded to a text message before midday. Like, <laughs> like so we're going off character traits here, do you know what I mean? This Shadan Matthews and you learn <laughs> you learn throughout this episode. Watts. Shadan Watts. Shannon Watts, yeah, not Shannon Matthews. Shannon Matthews is the kid with the awful fringe who the family hid under the bed for yeah. um ins- not insurance like rans- fake ransom money during just around the time right. of the Madeleine McCann case there'll be a decent documentary sometime but it'll be British it'll just be bad teeth and people saying it's awful so <laughs> but but it says a lot and you learn more why they worry about this stuff as it goes because this you talk about we've just done social the uh, the social dilemma Shannon was addicted to her fucking phone there was not a oh, moment God, yeah. she didn't put online uh, Facebook yeah. posts and all the text messages back and forwards and stuff like that. So we get to yeah. there and we're going through the police footage. The husband shows up. So the friend's there and they're panicking like the clappers and it's only like half yeah. 11 and they're like, no, nah, she's not text back. That's not happened in six years of friendship. She texts back every yeah, single yeah. time. She's on that phone. Her phone is going to be beeping. The second she gets a message, her phone will let her know probably twice. She's got notifications turned on probably for every single app. And they're freaking out. And the husband comes. And uh, the minute you see the husband, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing that is a little bit of bigotry on my account. I do not trust in-shape dads. What? 
what? So if someone's healthy and no, fit, I mean, you're like, if, no, if, if a, something's rotten in Denmark here. If a parent is jacked and not a professional athlete, there is a level of fucking aggression to them. And here's here's why. I don't even mind. This will be a fucking story for mine that you don't even have to edit out because I, I I still can't stand the guy. Uh, I worked with a dude. <laughs> That's because Rick's Rick slags off everyone. The editing, oh, I have the, to the do. amount of editing Matt has to do. Bless. These are two-hour episodes. Uh, and if someone's a good person, I spoke about. I go, well, let's not put that out there to the eleven message. <laughs> we'll just edit in some canned footage about me talking about the Saudi Arabian takeover. No one will notice the difference. But so there was a guy, right? Used to be an overweight guy, got an insane shape. The difference in his personality between being overweight to being in insane shape. And then he was in the, in the kind of shape where it's trying to lose 10 pounds to put on five pounds of muscle. So he's like, God, yes. he's got like a grape to eat at lunchtime and stuff like that. And that level of aggression that I seen develop in this person was psychotic, like close. Yeah. And again, it's, it's due to like uh, food malnutrition or whatever it was, or his body eating itself because of the size he'd got to, but he could not be trusted with his temper. Could not be. I can I can relate to that. Yeah. I genuinely so I've in the last few months I've lost about seven to eight kilos. And uh, a, a few people around me have noticed that I'm a, I'm getting a little bit I thought you were about snappy. to say, I've lost seven to eight girlfriends in the last month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> luckily due to COVID, yeah, no one's tell my missus. <laughs> so okay, so if someone's quite fit and healthy and they're a parent, you something's wrong for you. That's what you're saying. Or, or you're saying there's just a level of aggression. Level of dedication and disappointment. Because it never, it's never what life you want it to be like. The people who I know get in shape later on, they're desperate for someone to start trouble with them in a bar. Right. They, they really are. I was, um, here's a funny one. I was in, I'm, I'm living in London at the minute. I went to New Malden Tesco's, the big one, uh, near mine. Uh, two days ago. So this is still during the pandemic when, when, to timestamp this when you're checking into it. I'm walking around. There is a guy in Tesco's New Malden in his full karate gi with a black belt. Cobra Kai. Yeah, but he's wearing his black belt in Tesco's. Do you know what I mean? That is someone who just wants someone just to say something. Just But no one's going to pick on that fella, he, he, right? I, Who's walking around going... I reckon I could do him, boy, son. I couldn't help myself. Like when Put them pickles down. I'm coming in, over. In the middle aisles, he was walking towards me in the middle. I was walking towards him. And since I'm wearing a face mask and a hoodie, looking like one of the cheap ninjas about to get slapped at the beginning of a Jackie Chan movie, I, I just, <laughs> just wanted to stand and like have a standoff like the old West and be like, so we meet again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I do the fake dub. Tell me about your mate. Hang on. So you're, you're right. Right. I'm going to. Slack this guy down. Okay. Finish that. Oh, uh, so basically, we had the easiest job on the planet. I worked with McCarthy Warehouse. He left. What, easier than what me and you are doing now? Yes. I find that hard Without to believe, a doubt. Rick. Without a doubt, easier. So I, We're watching telly for a living, Rick. This is the dream. Oh, no, no. But, <laughs> this is it. But, yeah, but if we look at our pay stubs, this was nicer. Um, oh, yeah, there is that. People are hitting that yeah. fucking coffee button. Yeah, um, we are in the hole for a few hundred quid at this stage. So... Uh, I left, uh, we left Carphone due to new management changes and blah, 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 blah. And I got a job in a bookies. He got a job, Sainsbury's phone section. Right. Rings me up and says, and sold me instantly. Because we're mates, do you know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, he, yeah. He's like, easiest job you could ever have. 
right? Because no one comes in Sainsbury's to get a phone contract. You sit there, you're not even till trained, and you just you help an old guy put on a ten pound voucher once a day, and that's honestly what it was. Went there, it was a dream. There wasn't a problem. There was nothing to do. You had eight things in your little wardrobe, and it was that easy. I would even go and do the store announcements for free chicken off the women at the rotisserie and have about 15 cigarette breaks a day. It was the easiest job I've ever had. It got. Did they get you to do the announcements because you're an ex-bingo caller? Did they like? Did they look at your CV and go, how do you fancy making some chicken money on the side? So I had to do... Um, the ones for the phone shop, so it looked like we were doing anything. And that was easy. Right. You know, like, I mean, you go and you say, come down to the phone shop, we have a deal on Nokia's. Do you know what I mean? That's on a microphone. And then, then I could take a cigarette break was the rule. So I'd do that like 14 times a day and have 14 cigarette breaks. And then the ladies were like, oh, we hate doing that. Do you mind? Blah, blah, blah. Because we notice it's always you that does it. Goes, yeah, I don't mind. But yeah, you can chuck in a, a couple of chicken legs. Rotisserie chicken me up. So I have a couple of those to do that. And um, within two months, just due to him wigging out due to his malnutrition or whatever, it got to the point where we're ready to kill us, kill each other. And we and I was not winning that fight. So I sacked it off. Why didn't you just feed him some of your chicken? He wouldn't eat it. He's a Norman Bates lunatic anyway, but I got on with him until he stopped eating properly to build more muscle. Right. And, he, and what happened? So what did you do? You quit? Yeah, yeah. I quit the easiest job I ever had. Oh man, what happened to him? Uh, I don't know. I, I he's he's messaged me a few times, but I uh, I know it winds him up not to message back. So he's heard nothing from me since the day I left. And ever since that time, you've stayed away from Sainsbury's. <laughs> no, no, no. I went in. I, I go in. So in, what you're saying is, I don't have an example, but if that guy killed someone, I'll be like, call that four years ago. That kid was fucking nuts. Because, like, yeah. the insecurity from being overweight for all those years mixed with being in shape, but then somehow not finding, like, a girlfriend yet because he hasn't got the confidence. He was, like, a total incel. Like, he's just in his own world. Like, yeah. yeah okay, all right. In great shape, though. So, I'll and, give him that. So, right, back to the documentary. Um, so her husband is called Chris Watts. And he looks like, if you was going to describe the typical... American who isn't fat, it would be Mr. Chris Watts, right? You'd go, oh, okay, yeah, they look like this. He's quite tall. He's quite well built. He's reasonably handsome. He seems like a lovely guy. He rocks up, shakes the policeman's hand, opens the door, and the policeman says, "May I come in?" And he's like, "Yeah, come on in." Yeah, and he he brings everyone into the house, and yeah, he's like, well, "Where is my wife then?" That's to, oh, here's her phone. We'll turn her phone on. That's weird. She takes it everywhere. And effectively, the woman has, she's either done a runner or she's been abducted. And she but has there's the two, two children, children as well. So they're, they're two sort of under five-year-old children. And then throughout the documentary, you cut to videos of her and her husband with the kids. And they're a genuinely nuclear family. They're really happy. Really, really happy. And you're like, well, where is she gone then? Beautiful house. How That's nice superb. are the houses in that street? Because they then yeah, go to it... a neighbor, which I have very few, what the hell is this about within this documentary? This is very well put together. I recommend this doc to, yeah. to anyone, especially just- I would as well, actually. Like, Even though I didn't enjoy it, yeah. um, I would recommend it. Yeah. And um, so they go to this neighbor who's like, 
I can't believe he's living in a palace like that at home on a Tuesday in a T-shirt too long from in a backwards cap. Do you know what I mean? I want to know what this guy does for a living. And he yeah. says, my doorbell picks up uh, video. the video. She has a video on the door. Yeah. And... So they watch it, and you see him. He's going, "Yeah, this is me taking my tools out, putting the van to go off to work this morning." And then, um, so he's like at the so the dad, Chris Watts, uh, and the husband, sorry, uh, is at the side of this massive TV as they're watching it. And then he goes outside, and on the police body cam footage, you have the neighbor going, "He's not acting right. He's jittery. He's not acting normal." Yeah. And the cops like, "Well, think of what he's going through." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Because I thought the neighbour was being a bit of a dick. I'm like, well, of course he isn't. His wife's been abducted with his two kids. The guy must be terrified. And just so you know, the houses, it's in Colorado. And the year is 2018 when this has happened. But yeah, I I thought the neighbour was like, that's a bit mean of you to say, sir. Right, he even said, I'm suspicious. That's the first thing he says. But uh, yeah, I've got people that I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, like, <laughs> guarantee he's bleached the bathroom, that fucking not kiss. <laughs> and here's the weird thing, and this is where it starts getting weird. They find her purse in her house, and it's got her medication in it. And he said, well, she wouldn't go anywhere without her medication. And then it cuts to a video that Shanann put up online. And she's basically, she's almost a motivational speaker. It's her backstory, basically, is what we then go into. So who is Shannon? And she, yeah. she's like, uh, she's been married before. She built her own house at the age of 25, which again, looks a, yep. like a beautiful house that they built. Oh, stunning. Uh, she had a rough divorce, how they met Chris. You see Chris, and he's about 80 pounds heavier with no muscle on him uh, when they first got married. Yeah. The reason she fell in love with Chris was because she was diagnosed with lupus. Now, anyone who's ever seen the TV show House knows it's never lupus. They always offer that. Have you ever seen House? In parts, in parts. Oh, okay. Well, and almost every single episode, when they're trying to work out what the what the problem is with the patient, someone will always go, lupus? It's never lupus. So to actually hear that someone has it, you're like, oh my God. And she goes to a load of doctor's appointments and Chris, her husband, wasn't her husband then, but they start courting. He attends these doctor's meetings with her and she says, I'm in such a bad mood and he puts up with my bad moods. And that's when I knew he can handle me because I'm not an easy person to live with. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And you're like, well, that's very honest of you, right? That And that is really honest of her. Do you know who else Chris looks like? Do you remember my old manager from the noughties, Mike? No. Oh, it looks like him. If you ever meet him, looks like him. Oh, we got some work to do with you if you're lookalikes like that. Come on. <laughs> Give me a fucking chance. <laughs> my old geography teacher, do you remember him? No, I'm 30 years fucking younger than you. Mate. I thought you wouldn't get the reference. Did yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but I was looking at him going, I know him. Now, the thing about Mike is Mike is adorable, but he's a little bit scary. So my little connector in my head is going... Well, he looks like Mike. Mike's a little bit scary. Maybe Chris is a little bit scary. Is he? Let's find out. Carry on watching the documentary. So you mentioned uh, House as a reference to this. Me and my girlfriend have been watching all episodes of Tim Roth's Lie to Me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about, so he reads micro expressions and can tell if people's being honest or not about their facial cues, how they hold themselves, how they talk. We've seen about 20 episodes in the last week of this. Now, let me tell you, this guy triggers all senses for lying from the off. 
What the husband does. The husband does, yeah. Like everything that he does, like he uses past tense for when he talks about her. He never mentions the children by name because it's uh, dissociative. He refers to them as the children, not Bella Cece. Um, Oh, my God. God, you've been watching too much TV. Oh, man. mate, if I tell our lass I can't do something, I have to hide every micro-expression I've fucking got to get away with. <laughs> like, Are you learning to lie? Is that, why, is that why you're watching this show? I've got I've got a thumbtack in my shoes at all times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I set a baseline of fucking lying as a truth answer. So there's all these things. And he's not panicked with the police. God, he's no, he's like, so uh, relaxed. Yeah, I don't know, maybe she's done this. It's not like where the... Because you find out she's pregnant. So it's two chil- two children, young girls, Bella, Cece, and uh, pregnant yep. with a third, a, ch- uh, a boy. The wife's missing, and at no point is he like grabbing the police going, you have to find them, where can they be? And it reminds me, have you ever seen Usual Suspects? P- the guilty person is the person who falls yeah. asleep in the you cell. You locked five guys for the same crime. Okay, you come back the next morning, the one sleeping, that's your man. Because you're guilty, you know you're caught, your guard's down. And he's composing himself at all times. He's thinking through everything that he's saying. Yeah, good point. But when the cop's asking him about the the children, though, he said, so have the children got any uh, distinguishing scars or marks? And he's like, no. And the cop says, have they got any tattoos? I know, that cracked me up. (laughs) That cracked me up at all. they're under five, Mr. Policeman. Yeah. Is is it just because the policeman's not actually thinking, is he? He's just got a standard well, set of questions he has the to police ask. Because the police officer who's making that call is just in the office ringing from a phone with their regular report to fill out. And yeah. the idea that you have, you don't know that you're going to be on Netflix's number one documentary during this one regular phone call you do. But it's fucking hilarious going, okay, and what about the three-year-old? Any scars, tattoos? alcohol problem (laughs) she did spend time in a spanish uh, children's home so she has got one tattoo yeah yeah exactly (laughs) nicholas barkley bevies but this family weren't nicholas barkley's they were middle class as fuck um and then when he finds the wedding ring in the house again it doesn't it's not the response you're looking for for a man whose kids are missing no so he goes but i i didn't pick you say that right now you've You've got a certain taste in documentaries, and obviously, I'm being I'm being forced to watch what you like, right? So, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not complaining one little bit because I'm learning loads. But I didn't I didn't pick up on the fact that I I, I made a note going he's very calm. It's funny because so, and when they started saying, well, they had an argument because, and he was saying, well, the spark wasn't really there anymore. And the minute he said that, I'm like. She's probably pissed off for a few days with the kids to teach him a lesson. Well, right, because she seemed, she seemed that sort of hot-headed person who would go away for a while. So, she's basically just come back the day before she was at no, not the day before, the week before she was at her parents for six weeks, and then she comes back and then she goes off to a sales conference and she gets back from the sales conference at like two in the morning, and her friend then started texting her. Uh, you know, 10 a.m. the next morning, and that's when she's got missing from. So effectively, she was only home for a few hours, and he had yeah. the kids before that. So he had the kids that weekend, but there's a little thing. I just wanted this, since I watched this twice, once just to watch it because it was a new documentary out, and when I knew we were doing it, I went back just to make a few notes. So the first time, uh, little little tricks of things again, because I watched too much Tim Roth lie to me in the last couple of weeks. Right. So, 
the police are going, uh, do, do you have any friends? Or thinking? He goes, no, no, does Shannon have any friends that you didn't know about? And he goes, she knew more because she's a woman, you know, and then changes the conversation. And I thought that was just a weird little thing that he just pointed out, a little fucking snare on. Wow. Because she's a woman, you know. And again, that then goes to, and you see the shape he's in, he wants to be this kind of alpha male. I'm building up a picture well, of Chris Chris Watts as a bad guy throughout this, because I'm like, he's not worried his kids are missing. Okay, and I didn't pick up on that at all. At all. I'm like, oh my God, this is just all. At this point, I'm thinking, well, where the hell are her and the kids? That's all I was thinking of. And then you start getting a view of what their life's been like for the last year or so, because you start seeing her text messages to a friend. You start seeing the fact that his parents, by mistake, they they bought ice cream and one of the kids is allergic to what was in the ice cream. And Shanann freaked out hey the messages right, and back and this, forward they were brutal yeah they were they cut yeah him they down. were and like, she's like there is no way your parents are ever seeing our kids ever they were again. antagonistic to him as well like you need to get some balls and to do this yeah. it's all very yeah she she cut into him and then you find out that the parents refused to go to the wedding because they never liked shenan oh no i i thought they went to the wedding no, her parents never they just went. wasn't happy no her parents never went no his parents so his parents never they went. They never liked her, yeah. Oh, I didn't get that from that documentary. Exactly I thought they, they went, but the then they... What Verbatim. documentary did I watch? I you watched the same oh, okay. documentary. It just, like I said, I watched it twice. They, I know they were mentioning the fact the sister about the wedding. So Chris's sister was not happy at the wedding and his parents weren't happy either. Yeah, the parents didn't go. But you can tell that, oh, like the, the way they the way they argue and stuff like that, you can tell it's a kind of they probably moved hundreds of miles away so they can have a fresh start away from the in law fighting. Yeah, 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 maybe right because it's not it, it's not going to be easy, is it? And then you start seeing a picture. Well, you start seeing her Facebook videos, and she's what some people would call hard work. Yes. There was that, and it, it paints her as that to show you the way your emotions get led, which I think is just probably the smartest thing in the documentary that Jenny Popwell puts in, because I think this is a directorial choice. So you see the messages of him being cut down. You need some balls to do this, this, yeah. that, the other. Uh, I have, But she's also saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. She is, you, there is the balance in it. There right? is, you are, there is the... She um, clearly loves this film. But there is also, what is the footage? There is, you see, because she films everything which would irritate the shit out of me, right? When they found out they were pregnant with their third child, she set up a camera Ugh. so that when he came in and saw she's holding the pregnancy test, she got his response. And she was wearing a T-shirt saying, oops, we did it again. So again, all that thing's for online attention. People hate that shit. Do you know what I mean? There is a level of people who don't. Well, some people do. Some people love some it. Some people love it. But I, I consider that kind of level of... Um, I, I, I think posting on social media is tantamount to a mental illness at times. This is why we only have 18 listeners, Rick. <laughs> yeah, they all seem to have one mutual friend. <laughs> <laughs> this we only the reason we do the podcast is so I can talk to my mates. That's the only reason. <laughs> Come and hang out with me and Rick. It'll be great. Go to the beach, smoke a few joints, be brilliant. Um 
I don't know when this business plan came up. <laughs> well, she's posting her entire life. It would appear on uh, on Facebook Messenger. There's one that your heart goes out to him, even though you suspect them of all this stuff. It's Christmas Day. Christmas Eve. Yep. He's dressed as Father Christmas, like the full get-up. Yep. He's done the whole thing, the beard, the suit. He's got the presents in the yep. sack. She goes to the door filming him and goes, where's your phone? He's like, it's in the garage. Well, I need your phone, don't I? And then she walks off, storms off to go and get his phone from the garage, calling him an idiot while he's dressed up to go up and do the proper thing with the kids. Like, Yeah, because for her, and there are people like this, it's not real if you don't video it. Yeah. Right. And that's I mean, that's a it's a sad state of where things are at. But she strikes me as one of those people. So there's a great quote and it's from the policeman to Chris Watts. You were fat. Now you're thin. What other woman inspired you to do this? Hey, I thought that was the best comment to say to him, because again, via social media, if you have a friend that's getting in shape and they show like, I mean, there was one last night that was going out of a mate of mine and they were posting their Weight Watchers results. Right. And it went from, like, you've lost a bag of flour to you have lost two mopeds worth of weight. And <laughs> you know when someone, like, they are leaving their partner. <laughs> they are training to leave people when you're getting in that level of shape. Hang on, you're freaking me out because my missus has lost about a third of her body weight. I'd start working out yourself, Matt, is what I'd tell you oh, to do God. right now. <laughs> I'm sitting in a room talking to you in a studio here. Yeah, she's out. She's lost two mopeds, as you said. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I shall ask her later on Because I swear I've got mates that like got into the gym and they all were in relationship for five years and then when they start posting those topless selfies of themselves, you better believe leave as a different girlfriend coming two weeks later every single fucking time because you're not used to being in that wow. realm you, like you, you you raise your fucking level of attractiveness you can't handle the the like the result to it so well and but the cop for the cop to say that to chris i genuinely thought the cop was being a bit of a prick nah, that's the first thing i'd be like was, yeah you're in great shape you like who's this fucking for because you got three kids <laughs> Well, because then it cuts to her text messages and she says, I wanted sex. He knows I want sex. Good. I had a shower. That's my trigger. I've bothered to clean. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't seen me for six weeks. Oh, sorry. He hasn't seen me for ages. We haven't made love for, for months and he doesn't want to. There's something wrong with him. I'm telling you, he's shagging someone there else. Is, there is a funny thing of when you're in a relationship for a long time, trying to be spontaneous to initiate sex is a funny thing because because like, you've been in a relationship for a long time as have i they know your moves little things will be different of course they do so like for me it's um closing the bedroom window yeah that's one of my moves so that's not so it's not fucking it like i don't want the neighbors fucking hearing me beg and me <laughs> <laughs> that's the same reason i do it yeah we're so similar, and, yet so different. And also, when you're closing that window, it feels like you're setting up a mob hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 13 years in. I said on stage the other day, is anyone else at the uh, sex on every second Sunday? Is anyone else at that stage? And like, two couples put their hands up in the audience. <laughs> like, oh, okay, all right. 
Not just me, then. Tell you what, when you're working out as much as Chris does, you don't handle that once a week, once he's done his to-do list. I'll tell you that right now. So now, th- so- this is what makes the documentary amazing for me. We are now into him being interviewed by the police. And he's in Rick's favourite room, which is the police interview room. So Rick would give us a good tight 20 in that room oh, and God. get some proper zingers in. If I but was not Chris-, Chris. Chris hasn't got the Rick Warren How to Be Interviewed handbook, right? So he's all on his own. I would mess up to get a laugh. I would lead them down a path to get a call back in and then I'm like, so you were there? Like, shit. <laughs> But if I was in that, right, even as the police officer in the beginning is like, do you mind if we come in the house there? So he goes, not without me lawyer. What do you mean? Well, I, I apologise. I've watched 300 hours of documentaries. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what fucking time of day it is without a lawyer there stood next to us, pal. All right. I've been listening to a lot of Rick Walton lately. I don't want to even talk to you. Get out of my house. This is one of the only things. And anyone listening to this, if you could message in Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, whatever, if you know why this was in here. It then cuts to Chris doing some weird presentation on cheating on your partners with work colleagues. But that was him doing marriage guidance. He was doing marriage guidance. Yeah. To who? That's Have you never done marriage guidance? No, I'm not married. Oh, okay. Well, it's a bit like that. Right. Yeah. I, I did it. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. um, Do you know why? Do you yeah, know why that's... I never have? Because I've, I've seen people go to couples therapy and stuff like that, but then they get into that therapy rhetoric yeah. where you learn how to talk to each other. And that's always just like, we're staying together until this tenancy agreement is fucking up. And then we're gone. Yeah. Like the January transfer windows just came in. But like... Yeah. The second that cat dies, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's being interviewed by the police and... To say the police are just being so nice. I mean, so, so nice. They are basically, they're love bombing, Chris. They're just like, well, go on to tell us what's going on then. Because something's going on, isn't it, Chris? And he's like, no, no, no. And the woman interviewed him going, it is, Chris. Oh, come on. Because first off. Who's this person? Because they get hold of his phone. They're seeing his reaction and how he's dealing with this. Because like the little moments like he's on t- a TV interview and he's like, I just hope they're okay. Do you know what I mean? When they're asking them questions. Yeah. like, And then he's not like Liam Neeson from Taken or Man on Fire, Denzel Washington. I want my family and kids back. He's, yeah. he's kind of like his reactions aren't in tour with what he should be going through by any stretch. So they know something's up. And there's a thing later where then they put him on a polygraph. And I love this woman that does the polygraph. It's the way she says, I mean, you know, I mean, do you think you'd want to take a polygraph? And he went, yeah, I'll take a polygraph. And she went, yeah, okay. Well, maybe we could set that up. They, They lure him in with kindness. Yeah. Because they know, right, they've been doing that job 20 plus years. They know that he's done something. And at this stage, you know as well, Rick, but I don't. So I'm looking at the police going, oh, they're being so kind to this poor man who's lost his wife and children. Whereas you and the cops are like, he's guilty. I was like, there is <laughs> no way he's not banging a 20-odd-year-old gym rat right now. I guarantee that. I, that that was my opinion of him. Because I when we say what shape this guy's in, we're talking about could become a wrestler tomorrow shape. He is... Yeah. Fucking monstrous. 
And his wife, Shanann Watts, in all of the text conversations to her mate, is saying, like, rather than phoning me up, he'll go to the gym or he'll work out. Rather than come and hang out with me and the kids, he's working out. He didn't phone me up, he said, because he was working out. She said, that's all he does lately. And the reason is... And the thing is, I was about to start um, working out. And I thought, no, now she's going to worry if I work out because <laughs> we watched this together. Yeah. <laughs> so, you need to lose weight so nobody notices. So they then do the polygraph. Now, I've got a thing about polygraphs because our, as being British, our only real experience of polygraphs is the Jeremy Kyle show. Yes. Now, the great thing about the Jeremy Kyle show, I've always thought, is because when they're doing the polygraph results, uh, what they'll do is... Um, they have a little tagline, a disclaimer at the bottom, saying results are 97% accurate. Now, Oh, wow. Okay. So the thing is, math doesn't lie. Jeremy, Kyle, had over a 1,000 shows. So every 100 shows, they get three wrong. And you just imagine the some poor guy going, I didn't shag your sister. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, you did, you dirty little bastard. Says so on the body. <laughs> I am the 3%. <laughs> but they do ask the same, because that means one question in 100 would be wrong. So they ask the same question a, a number of different ways, which will then trip them up. Like, And the questions they ask him, he's answering. And uh, she's just so matter of fact, because I think if you ever put yourself in a position where you're trying to set yourself up for lies, I think you expect the questions to come calmer and slower to you. So they're pace. Yeah. They're like push, pushing the pace on them conversationally. Like... Uh, Okay, they did this, and why are you doing this? And da, 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 da. and he's like, whoa, whoa, he can almost like try and go, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. And it's like there's a great Dale Chappelle bit when you you know a bloke's lying, when he's like, shut up, let me think for a second. There. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know he's talking shit. I always <laughs> my move is I always pretend I didn't hear, and I go more Geordie. That's one of my ticks for lying. Our lasses, there's too much Tim Roth in our lives. I can't fucking lie for anything now. Oh, okay. I've I've gone the complete opposite way now. It's all true. Yeah, I stick. So whatever I say now, there is no, yeah, there's no, there's no bollocks. It's like, yeah, no, I was, I hung out with Rick for 12 hours, <laughs> but you said you were going for, for two. And I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, I could come up with a million excuses, right? Oh yeah, the gig ran on, you know, oh, the car broke, bloody, bloody, but no. What did you do? I sat around and talked bollocks with Rick. <laughs> That's what I did. Um, so he then, he then has to admit that there is another woman and her name is Nicole Kessinger. And he told her that he did have two daughters, but that he was leaving his wife. He was in the middle of divorcing her because they were splitting up. And them two, Chris and Nicole, they were shagging. He and while his missus was away for those six weeks visiting her parents... He was visiting Nicole. Well, this is one of the things. This is again, it's not highlighted too much because they want to keep suspense up through the documentary. So they're very careful on yeah. the things they tell you, what they learned when. But the police, all like she got in touch with the police when they found out she was pregnant. Yeah, because she wanted to talk to them and say this or that. And then also well, when she found out that Shanann was pregnant, because yeah. she's watching the news Which is as about well. Four right? hours after she's the like, last text message. So yeah, this is how fucking. And, th and this is on day three. Yeah. They were, but they also found an extra Facebook profile. He had it, How did I miss that? They mentioned really? it once to go because they they said we know there's two Chris Watts out there, so they know 
as a typical cheat rule of cheating. Like, I tell you what, if a guy has mouthwash in his car, he's cheating on the missus. No one gives that much of a shit. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, they, they found uh, an extra. So, they knew that there was someone else. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's just press pause on the documentary podcast. I'm just going to go check the car. I've got my missus' car today. Let me just go and see if she's got mouthwash in there. Oh, I'm talking about blokes here. No, I don't know the women's tricks. <laughs> That's a whole le- different level of tricks that yeah. we're never going to see. I, I've never been loved enough for them to bother lying about who they slept with. <laughs> <laughs> well, while the police are interviewing Chris, they're now doubled up, right? So it's the woman copper and it's a geezer copper. And the geezer copper says, this is where the rubber meets the road, Chris. What a great quote. And then the woman said, well, you know, Chicks are crazy. Oh, yeah. When they're talking about his wife. You can't say that, woman. His wife has been abducted. Don't the, don't, don't say crick. chicks are crazy. You few, can't say that. There's a few moments in there because one of the things they were talking about is, um, did she accuse you of anything? And he said, well, being a woman. So, again, there's more yeah. dissociative behavior, sexist, misogynist. You can see those misogynistic comments are, are starting to eke out during the interview, aren't and they? And again, it distances himself from Shannon, the woman that he's been with for X amount of years and had children with, to being, you know, just a person. It's it's distancing, so you don't have to think about the fucking shit that's in your mind with it. Well, then they cut to the um, they cut to his mistress, basically Nicole Kessinger. She's being interviewed, and. She basically does the whole, well, the clips of the interview you've seen, she's talking to them while she's checking her phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was mental, wasn't it? That was strange, wasn't it? Put the, you're speaking to a police officer, young lady. Put the goddamn phone down. There is, there is some fucking white privilege right there, isn't she? She's just twirling her hair and looking at her phone going, yeah, I just think he's fucking, maybe she was trying to text him, like, in context, she may have been looking for, like, when he called her, when he got texts from her. Different times, maybe, of day. but it, it just looked like she was on social media, yeah. right? Here's one thing I like because it it goes into heavily on before we get to the polygraph results. It goes in heavily on the arguments they were having. Yeah, so it goes into uh, the text message arguments going backwards and forwards. Now this is a this is a, a thing that I do where, uh, whenever I'm having an argument via text. I just try right. and be funny because when she then goes to bitch to her family member or her friends. At least I've said something funny back. There was Oh, okay. So when the tape is played yeah, out to the jury, I mean, your voice is that, well, he did get a good zinger in there. So that was very good. One time, yeah, yeah. and I can also show my mates and have a laugh <laughs> with it. So one time, I'm going down Southampton to stay with a mate for a few days. And uh, I just get down there. So it'd be about three or four hours. And I get this like paragraph long text message. Like it goes beep, Rick, and then a paragraph going, I've just went upstairs. All the drawers are open, there's clothes everywhere, the wardrobe's open, nothing's hung up, the bed's not made, it's all messed up. And I just put one word back and went, spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Your lass is going to kill me when she sees me, when she hears me laughing at that. (laughs) But he's, he's only one word in her as well, isn't he? Yeah, one word response is... She's messaging him. She's writing him letters. I love you. And I know it's not easy, but, you know, I've got this baby growing inside me and I know we've got a future together and everything you've done. I get it. I know I'm not easy to live with. So the text message backwards and forwards and she's getting that 
uh, emotionally distraught, a part of me thought maybe this is a red heron, and this could be like a, a suicide double double. Who who the mist? You're talking about the mistress the, the mi- is getting emotionally. No, the um, uh, Shanann is getting so. Oh, the, the wife is getting distraught on this. Yeah, big this target. this could Sorry, be yeah. like uh, I've seen some documentaries of like murder suicides to get back at partners and things like that. But then I thought, yeah, with what we've learned about Shanann, there's no way she wouldn't have live streamed that. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I feel bad about laughing at that. And then we come back to the polygraph. This interview room footage is fantastic. So the woman just comes back in with a clipboard and goes, well, Chris, I think you know this, but you filled the polygraph just right, right just straight through him. Hang on, but, but before she says that, she comes back in, she stands behind him, and she rubs him on his shoulders and says, I think you know you failed the polygraph test. Yeah. Because she says to him, look, we don't have to do this. You could just tell me the truth. We don't have to do the lie detector test. Just tell me the truth. Because I know you want to. I know you want to unburden yourself. And you know you want to unburden yourself. So just tell me. And they're doing it. was so, they're so kind. And I have, I think, a Bachelor of Arts degree in watching coerced confessions. Because I've seen so many documentaries where it happens. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm watching the clock. Because the clock is in shot. Yeah. Throughout this interview. Now, he is in there from 10 a.m. in the morning, and they tell him he's failed the polygraph at quarter to five in the evening. So that's, that's a long time. That's an eight-hour shift. That's all day, and he's not getting his little protein shakes in him. He's yeah. looking tired. Uh, and it, 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 So I'm watching that for it, and I'm thinking, could this be like a, a workaround? There's going to be a part two where they've just railroaded the dad because he's the first person they've seen. There's no evidence just yet other than... This, that, and the other. Certainly, well, because he, he's such a nice guy. It certainly looks like him, but it certainly looked like the kids from west of Memphis that those creepy little goths had bitten off the yeah. genitals and drank the blood. When that episode comes out, you'll look forward to hearing about Terry Hobbs. Where was Terry Hobbs when this shit happened? That's what I want to know. <laughs> you, hey, I heard there was a murder in New York, Saxy. Where have you go? What are you doing? But I love the mail um, copper because every time he talks, he's going, Chris, Chris, yeah. it's time. It's time. Either you're, and he does this hand gesture, he goes, either you're this murderous monster or something else. (laughs) 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 So it's it's literally like, and again, that's leading in fear because almost people take plea deals when you think you've got too much evidence against them going, I think it's this. I don't know what else it could be. (laughs) Which one you're going to go with. But saying that, I'm genuinely looking at this going, there's no way he's done this. There is absolutely no way. You don't, or you don't go and kill your wife and your two children. It doesn't happen. And then he turns around to the policeman and he says, I want to speak to my dad. And the policeman says, oh yeah, sure. Your dad's outside. Should we bring him in? Why was his dad outside? Well, his dad had obviously came to town. Because it's an emotional... This is like day two, day three of his wife and kids being missing. Okay, yeah, all right. So, like, if you imagine the parents are going to fly and going, fuck, what's our son going through? They probably think Shannon's a nightmare. She's just told them that they're never allowed to see their grandkids because, you know, they're giving the wrong flavor ice cream. 
Listen, I'd, I'd have to set up a political party and wipe out millions of people for my dad to come to town to see what's going on with me. <laughs> so I'm wondering what's what's going on, what's going outside with this guy's dad I, turning I, I up. Love, I don't know why I get the image of him just going, there you go, sir. I always knew you were capable of genocide. <laughs> now I'll hang out with you. So the dad comes in, the coppers leave, and he confesses to his dad. This and is... I'm, and I'm wrong. Wait a second. Though. And I'm sitting there going, there is no way. Wait a second. What? Because that is the up there with the best footage you can ever see in a documentary, this little bit. Because it could never be scripted like that in real life, no. in a TV show. Because it's so no. boring. So he just says, look, can I just... My dad's been here all day. I haven't even had a chance to see him. Do you mind if I see him? So they're like, oh, yeah, we'll send your dad in with the mic'd up video recorded surveillance room. So he then tells his dad, first off, that he didn't pass the polygraph. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right, he goes, yeah, messed with the polygraph. And his dad's, and like, he's whispering. He's that emotional. He's holding back a lot of an emotional break about to happen to him. Yeah. And then um, he then turns around and and literally says, I can't protect her anymore. He goes, what do you mean? He went, she killed the kids. So he starts blaming, saying that Shannon killed the children and then he flipped out and killed her yeah and then they come back in and i'm but when when he says that i'm like i knew it i knew he was all right i knew he was a good guy you're up there with the worst judges of character i've ever known in history oh mate you can tell i'm friends with you of course i bloody well am right but i'm looking at him going yeah i can see okay so she killed her kids and he killed her okay or I can see in a moment of madness, he would have taken them huge, strong arms of his. Yeah. And he. Yeah. And it was just sad. And uh, now I'm I'm heartbroken at this. Right. Because these poor children who were just adorable. They're gone. His, his wife is gone. Um, it was just it's heartbreaking, man. It was genuinely heartbreaking. I kept, and this was on a Friday afternoon. I kept picturing what my dad would be like in the. Like, if I was in that situation, I kept picturing if my dad had came in. It was like, uh, son, I've parked down the street. I'm not sure how long I've got. <laughs> <laughs> my dad wouldn't even come over. He'd be asking my sister, have you seen Matthew? No, me neither. Right, It'd yeah. be my mother I'd be getting in the room, not my dad, but that will. Oh, she'd get you out. <laughs> I'd be out by I'd be out by fucking six o'clock with my mother in there. We are. Do you know after I've set up the political party and I've wiped out millions of people, if I'm ever on the stand, I'm getting your mum to come get me. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Rick, get your mum. I need her in here. She'll she'll get me off of this one. Um and then it cuts to so it cuts to him telling his dad this, and then boom, we go to three months later, he's in orange prison overalls he's sitting in a courtroom you cut to under the table and you just look at his leg while the judge is talking and his leg is going like bouncing up and down that's during sentencing yeah so before that then it gets but you don't see the trial or anything it shows you well it's about to so what happens is it first off it shows you uh because it in the build-up to him being told, saying that Shannon killed the kids, we are then... It almost paints a picture of Shannon being this complete nightmare. This yes. difficult, yeah, yeah. cutting, like, belittling, spiteful, 
person via the yeah. text messages, the way she's doing Well, it. so bad, right, that her family had to have a press conference to ask people on social media to have a little bit of goddamn respect. Yeah, people going on social media and messaging the fucking the family saying she deserved to be killed because she was a baller. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it. And they're victim shaming, which I'd never heard victim shaming before. But you're in a bubble. That's a, that's a very common word in modern day. You switched off eight years ago after reading that fucking minimalist book. But that's a common word <laughs> in modern, modern vernacular. It is. I've never heard of it. How can you victim? That just seems mean. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay then. All right, good. I'm glad we all agree. But the documentary cleverly puts you down that path of going, maybe she is. And then, so it's coming up to the trial. And just before the trial, he quickly cuts a plea deal where he admits his guilt and then death penalty is taken off the table. Yeah. And what does he admit to? Well, even then, there's a lot of ones where I've seen like confession tapes, I think it's called on Netflix. A lot of people will take that plea deal so they don't have to go to court, perhaps lose and be up for the death penalty. So taking the death penalty off the table is a massive incentive, even if there's like uh, a reasonable doubt for you. But then and also a plea deal a plea deal for the state saves the state a lot of money because they don't have to go to trial. Yeah. Right and a trial costs a lot of money. But then And the state they, they they're not it's not a bottomless state of money, is it? They You know, how many times have we seen this on these true crime documentaries? Oh, they're not willing to pay out. But No, of course they're not. So then they um so you even think maybe she's doing that for the and then you have his confession. It's one of the saddest things I've ever heard of. It, it it is yeah it, it it's brutal it's absolutely brutal he just yeah he goes through it and it shows you footage of her coming back that night through the doorbell footage of coming in it then um basically they had sex that night he broke up with her in the morning and then strangled her he then yeah. puts her in the truck which we saw in the neighbor's car which again the neighbor you then see footage again of the neighbor saying he never pulls his truck out like that <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then he takes the daughters with him. He drives to where he works, which is on an oil field, is that an oil, field? Yeah. oil refinery. Yeah. Um, buries with so the wife is in the floor of the back, and the two kids are sat asleep on each other, driving this forty-five minute drive. He goes, he buries the wife, and then he smothers both kids with the blanket. Yeah, and yeah, he hide, he hides them in an oil tank, and the fact he felt the need to do that is just. Yeah, he chucks the kids in an oil tank. Yeah. It is heart-wrenching. But again, at this point... That's one of the saddest things I have ever experienced in my life. Because I and I, I didn't see it. I didn't see... I can't imagine why another human being would do that to their own kids. Listen, the fact he's not on those uh, news channels with fucking tears in his eyes asking he wants Bella and Cece home, not saying... I hope my wife and kids are, are just coming home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, there's distance and he, he tried to emotionally build a wall between that and them. But it, but he's clearly not a psychopath, right? Because he loves those kids. You can see from all the footage you see of him and the kids. And admittedly, yeah, his wife is the his wife is the alpha male in the relationship, and it's not him. They even have um they even have uh, his they have his boss on and they're like, Well, what's he like then? And he's like, Oh, he's a lovely fella really nice guy and you know they're they're just saying what a nice bloke he is and then when he comes out and you hear him saying this is this is how i killed her this is how i killed my kids and i was just 
Mate, you, I'm not going to lie, Rick. You fucked up my weekend. <laughs> I was just... I was just, so sad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a bummer. Just so sad. It was... It was just... It was moving. It was just really moving. And you didn't... And because I didn't see it coming... And I know you did. You're sitting there going, well, he's, he's guilty. It's Have you ever seen Elementary? Yeah. Which is like... Yeah, a, when the Sherlock Holmes... the new Sherlock Holmes. It's the American yeah, one. I've seen one or two of them. Lucy Liu. Yes. Yeah, Lucy Liu. And... Basically, the first person you meet in elementary who's not one of the main characters, they're guilty. They're the one. Yeah, it's either them and or you're effectively, Aaron, yeah. Yeah, you're, and you're you're at that stage with these true crime stuff. I'm way behind you. Like, because the guy I've been cheering for the whole documentary, going poor man, poor man, poor man. Suddenly, I've had the old switcheroo pulled on me. Bloke's a killer. I tell you what, a you cold blooded. Got- Killer. This is the needs an intervention on your decision making. If you're still cheering for Chris throughout this documentary, because it, it points, I didn't put it together at all. I, I just did not. It's an interesting thing again because uh, this is like an hour and twenty documentary with zero wasted time. It is brilliant from start to finish, yeah. captivating. The footage really of him is. confessing to his dad is something you will never see elsewhere. Oh. It's like there's, I think there's like two scenes, mebbies the tops in documentaries we've watched and that I, yeah. and that I've in terms of, and also documentaries that I haven't forced Matt to watch yet. So <laughs> but direct, my future is bleak directorial speaking, okay. There is one thing that they missed out and didn't tell you till the end, which is why the police didn't bother looking elsewhere while they fucking knew it was him. All right, and did you catch what it was? Is it in America, free women no, are killed no, by no, their no, current no, no, or no, ex-partner no, every day? No. No. Uh, no, it's okay. I'll just tell you, man, because your your aim is so far no, off now. I, it's I, a I, fucking embarrassment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're busy trying to join the free Chris Watts fucking Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where he's busy yeah. talking about wrapping his kids' blankies around the heat and chucking them in an oil tank. So No, no, he's a guilty prick now. Because basically he's sentenced to spend the rest of his life in prison. He will never, ever be free, ever. And he has to live with what he's done. There would be zero suspense if they included these nuggets of information that they told you just before the sentencing hearing. Yeah. That morning, he made three phone calls. He made one to the kids' school, saying they were being unenrolled in the school and would not be going there anymore. Two, he rang his realtor and said he's selling the house. And three, he rang his new girlfriend. So they knew off the bat that this nightmare did it. All right, they yeah. knew this meathead You're right. snapped yeah. and killed them. And that's why they were just lovey-dovey-ing him in the in the police interview. Just just walk him down the path because there isn't another person that it could possibly be. If you're if you're trying to act like you don't know your wife and kids not coming home, but you've rang their school and said they're no longer going to that school, who else is it going to be? Which means he snapped, right? Yeah. So it wasn't premeditated, he just snapped. Well, or maybe it was premeditated and he'd worked all that out. And therefore, he's one of the dumbest idiots going. Anyway, he's going to spend all of his life in prison. And then, yeah, that the the quotes at the end. Uh, in America, free women are killed by their current or ex-partner every day. Parents who murder their children and partner are more often than not men. And the crime is virtually always premeditated. And I don't know what the stats are for the rest of the planet. I don't know what Britain's stats are for us killing 
partners. But um, I, and I didn't, I didn't want to Google it. I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want to find. I don't understand how he felt the need to do it because he wasn't very, he wasn't of sound mind. And you know? uh, again, it's something that the parents say. Uh, Shanann's parents say his story doesn't add up. She must have been asleep when he strangled her because he would not have no scratch marks or anything on him at all. Like she would have clawed, scratched. Yeah. And uh, and and, so, and also he left her blanket out in the fucking field. Yeah. But yeah. Ah, it was just sad, man. It really did. It dragged me down my whole weekend. And then I had mates sending me texts going, "You and Rick, you got to watch this documentary. You got to release this one soon as possible." And I went, yeah, I've seen it. I've had this and one. Like, it's terrible, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, actually, it is. it's just shocking. The next it's- one we're going to have a quick turnaround on because this will be number one in documentaries until that COVID one comes out. Oh, the um, that one I sent you, you the sent other day. Me. That's going straight to number yeah, one, yeah. wherever that gets released. That'll be a number one hitter as well. Like, But yeah. this documentary, I think it's up there for some of the best, one of the best true crime ones I, I've ever seen. It's... Well then, Rick, hit us with your score, my All man. Right. The only reason this isn't getting a five is there is not. It's a bummer of an ending. It's an amazing documentary, but for it to yeah. be fucking like in terms of the footage, everything you see is amazing. I want, I want some of the, some of. The, I mean, they didn't have unfortunately crows migrating as a, as a transitional scene, <laughs> which is something I need to see in a true crime documentary. But the police cam footage. Right. I I, I yeah, want to see more of that being used. The way Jenny Popewell directed it again. That's what one of the things I first said to me, mate, is it's like, look, it was just there wasn't a, that was four days worth of stuff and they just put everything together. From the neighbour yeah. saying he's look acting suspicious. From when you go And what a, sorry, what about at the end? The end of the documentary, so you know what happened and everything, and then the last scene is you see him running towards the policeman, which was the first scene. Yeah. And you see how relaxed he is with the copper and stuff. And then suddenly you're like, you fucking knew. You, 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 yeah. You're a nut job, mate. You're an absolute nut job. Uh, yeah, it was brilliantly made. Brilliantly so he gets, made. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you. Ab- absolutely fine. So he's life in jail. It's heartbreaking when you have uh, Shanann's parents reading out a statement to him and footage of the kids. Yeah, yeah it's just heartbreaking. So I, I'm giving this. All I, of it. I got to be a 4.8 is what I'm going to go for this one. A 4.8? 4.8. Hang on, no, hang, no, you can't. All right, four point five then. No, it's it's four point five or five. Give it five, you bastard. No, there's there's one that's just. What has Jenny up. got to do? What? Is she, no, you there, you can award more than one documentary a five. But there's not only one. You, you can't. It's not you only give one five away every year. I'm not going to be bullied into changing my scores here, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being score shamed. I, <laughs> okay so uh, so you've given it 4.5 i will match that actually because it's upsetting it is super upsetting it but is so upsetting the footage and again and so well made that interview footage is incredible and the way they put it all together to send you one weird little to make you think it could be this yeah i yeah Absolutely excellent. And I, I imagine most of you who have listened to this one, this is one of the ones that you've checked out first because I, I think similar to Tiger King, other than it won't take a week to watch, a lot of the world will have watched. This is number one UK Netflix right now at time of recording. Yeah. So we are getting guests on, so we'll see if we can get Chris Watts on to talk about his prison workout regime for Matt. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go and check on my missus. Uh, I'm going to go and feed her some cake, make sure she doesn't leave me. <laughs> and so that's a total score there of nine, which we, we get to, uh, recently. It's very rare that we get those sort of numbers. So I've been given specific requirements for which documentaries we can watch for a few weeks. Well, we could go back to back nines. I can guarantee it until Christmas if Matt really wanted <laughs> to, but he's very fragile. No, we need to watch some happier stuff, mate. Um, okay, so Rick, thank you very much. That was a, that was a good pick, mate. That was a really good pick. So thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, please subscribe, download our other episodes. Uh, I listened for about the fifth time, actually. I listened to Blackfish again the other day just because it just tickled me and I needed a little bit of cheering up. And that one is even sad. And this is how good and funny Rick is. The miserableness of Blackfish still makes me laugh. If only if you'd saw a, uh, an orca land on Chris Watts, uh, <laughs> that would be a yeah, six. Be, oh, that would, yeah, there you go. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. And yeah, come again. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye, Rick. I'm not good at the goodbyes. Just say ta-ra, all right? I know you're good at it. Right, you can have me sound like a fucking idiot at the end going brilliant or whatever you've left. Oh, 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 o